Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Let's not be amateurs today. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we are here 52 weeks of the year, even right throughout the summer when... Well, there's just tumbleweed yeah. blowing across the rugby landscape. But we, are, we are those annoying stalkers that just won't stop. <laughs> uh, but we're here. We love the game that much. Uh, we don't ever want to miss a week and we don't want you to miss anything. And there's still been plenty going on. And what's more, we can get really excited about the, the season ahead, which we'll get into in a minute. But first, how, how rude of me. Philip, who's wearing some wonderful lion stash. I've got to say, that is gorgeous. Nice bright red Canterbury training top. It's not bad, is it? Mm. And... Uh, and hi, JB. Hello, mates. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm in a rather weird ensemble today. I've got a charity shop T-shirt and, like, I guess these are the shorts equivalents. Do you know, like the, the onesie kind of tops you get where the collar of the shirt is sewn into the jumper? A shumper. A shumper, yeah. A shumper. I've basically got these. Yeah. Which is, the weird. So you're, fine. so you're not wearing cycling shorts? No, I'm not. But you look like you're wearing Gloucester standard issue cycling shorts. Well, for you a winger. Do. For a winger. Actually. They're Gloucester length. They are Gloucester length cycling, cycling shorts. shorts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, well, listen, coming up on the podcast today, we have got two more clubs being put under the microscope as we look ahead to the new season. One in the Avicii Premiership, and it's London Irish today. One in the Pro 12. Or 14. Pro 14. Whatever it will end up being <laughs> called. Uh, Dragons. We'll, we'll get the latest status on the situation there. We'll look at Super Rugby. Uh, and what's been going on there in the quarterfinals, and look at all the other stories that are breaking. Some players possibly moving, both now and in the future, so we'll, we'll get to all of that. But let me remind you, we're on anywhere you can find a podcast feed, including the Apple Podcast Store, Acast. Subscribe to both of those places. Leave a wonderful review, five-star review, on, on the Apple Podcast Store, and we could mention yours. And... Um, yeah, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook as well, where we're posting the full articles that people are submitting for the clubs as we look ahead to the new season, and they have been outstanding. They have been outstanding. We've yeah. got very knowledgeable fans, which makes me think, what are they doing listening to us? <laughs> Strange. It's good to feel isn't superior, it? though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, you right, JB? Yeah, I'm just very, very loud. No, that's okay. There you go. So we're going to start with the law changes, though. World Rugby have come in with six law variations. One thing they've done, and we'll, I'll, I'll let Phil summarise these, but one thing they have done, which makes a lot of sense, is rather than bringing them all in at the same time, which meant last season it was midway through the season in the Northern Hemisphere, there's now a, a staged introduction. So 
as of the start of this season, in fact, as of August the 1st, yep. the new laws are in effect in the Northern Hemisphere, and then as of January, they're in effect in the Southern Hemisphere. So what are the new laws? Well, just just on that first point, Tim, it, it is better that you don't have a change in halfway through a season. The only slight issue will be that you'll be playing the Autumn Internationals, the, so the Southern Hemisphere teams playing in the Northern Hemisphere oh, yeah. in Autumn. Uh, but it doesn't really matter because yeah. it's, that is the first time they will play those laws. Anyway, the laws. So six of them, all around two areas, the scrum and the tackle and rook. So the scrum, it's really just kind of trying to simplify things. So there's now no signal for the scrum half to throw the ball in from the referee. For what reason? Uh, it just makes it easier. Just as soon as he's ready, he can do it. Okay. Um, and he can also align his his left shoulder with the midpoint on the scrum. So he can he can actually it's not a feed, but he can throw the ball in closer to his hooker to depower the scrum. Uh, it's it's and a player must strike for it. A player must strike. So that that's... one player in the front row must strike for the ball. And it can be any player in the front row of the t- so it's the team who puts the ball in. Mm-hmm. Any one of them can strike for it. If they don't, then it's a free kick to the opposition. Um, so they're taking they're taking with one hand, which is let's make it simpler. So. Just chuck it in straight, but fine. We'll give you a little advantage to so stand a bit close to your team. Yep. Uh, and that's a realistic way of trying to sort it out. But on the other hand, they've introduced a new law, which is someone must strike. And also, the one other thing with the scrum is the eight can now pick up from the second row. I like that rule. Yeah. yeah. I like that rule a lot. Well, I don't I don't understand the reason not to. Yeah. yeah. It's just common it, sense, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So generally good. It'll be interesting to see how the um, the striking is refereed. Um, but because they've got to watch, the one, haven't they? It's a hard thing to watch out for. It is. Well, the one thing you're not going to get now is do you remember the long scrums? Particularly, so there's one great example: England, Argentina, and there was a scrum that was like 30 seconds. Yeah. So I no know, one, no one struck for the ball there. No, I think you will actually, because they're not striking for the ball until they're comfortable. So the ball will still go in, and if you win the ball without striking, it'll be a free kick. But it doesn't mean you have to strike immediately. So That's you might, true. You might contest it until such time oh, you get a nudge on enough to strike for the see, ball. See, this is the sort of conversation I think World Rugby want, want to avoid, but you're right. It just yeah. it, it inevitably leads there, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the, the long scrum. It's just... Oh, rugby porn. <laughs> so that's, that's the... That is, that is available on some specialist adult, it is. adult <laughs> websites, that, that video of that scrum. Um, so the other, the other changes around the tackle and the rook. So... Now, once someone's tackled, the tackler must get up before playing the ball, and they can only play it from their own side of the gate. So, getting up is not a change, but you've got to kind of get through back through the gate rather than picking it up from wherever you stand. Yeah. So before you'd have to tackle, release, let get, the guy get, get, to get up, feet, get to your feet, and then he could play it. Then he could play it. Yeah. No offside line. Yes. For that, Whereas for that now man. the offside line has been reintroduced. For... Yeah. Do you think a part of this is just to keep people in jobs? Uh, There's like some job creation going on here. And they'll just re- reverse all these same laws in about five years' time because no one's really going to care, are they? No, I, I'm I'm quite positive about the world rugby law changes that they've it, had in the last few years. It simplifies it in that at a ruck, there's an offside line, which is the, the the back of your own side of the ball, and there is a gate, and now there is no caveat to that. There's a gate, and there's a, and there's a, a side of the ball that's yours. Mm. And it's taken away... Any grey area there? Yeah, fair enough. Um, the other one, so the other two for the the rook, 
Very simply, a player cannot kick the ball out of a ruck. Good. You can only hook it backwards. Oh. Okay, yeah. So you so can hook it back to your it, yeah. yeah, you can hook it back to your side. You can't kick it through the like rook. like scrum halves do. Yes, for and, there's a, and, there's been, and it's been a thing, hasn't it, the last couple of seasons of people, you know, second rows being quite good at getting their legs over and and, and round and hoofing it. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, and then the other one. So a rook commences when at least one player is on their feet and over the ball, which is on the ground. So that's a jackal. So well, so that is. So previously, it had to be one from each team for it to be a rook. So this is how Italy got around. Oh, in the England game. So previously, it was two players. So that when there's not two players, one from each team, there is no rook. So Italy can stand wherever they want. Now, in that scenario, as long as there's an England player over the ball and there's a tackled player with the ball on the ground, that's a rook. So that creates the offside line. So the the law change goes on. So at this point, offside lines are created. Players on their feet may use their hand to pick the ball up as long as this is immediate. As soon as an opposition as soon as an opposition player arrives, no hands can be used. So that oh. so the first half of that it's it's um, sorry run that by me again. So yeah, so tackle player first man over. Jackal, that, that's a rook. You're, that forms the offside line. So that's taking away the yep. England part. That, that takes away Italy being able to stand, it, stand on the England side. Right. Yeah, Italy, England. The second part, players on their feet must use their hands to pick the ball up as long as this is immediate. As soon as an opposition player arrives, no hands can be used. So if you're jackling and your hands are on the ball, yep. there's no obligation to let go. It just means that because the other guy shows up, you now can't attack that ball. So the, if no, you no, read no. This, this, is, this is the attacking player can't pick it up. So, so the support player can't pick it up. Is that what it's getting at? No, I think it's the. I think this is almost depowering the jackal. Yes, I think so. So, what I'm saying so, is because okay. it used to be. Oh, I see. Yeah, so two people used to have to form oh, the rock. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. So no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. What, so if your hands are on the ball, nothing changes. Yeah. Right. They've still got to let go. You still win the penalty. So on so forth. But the difference being is before you could jackal. I guess if there's just you and another guy. Um, <laughs> you definitely have to be first there. Yeah, I don't really see how immediate... this changes anything actually. It doesn't, but there's there's still this kind of slight contradiction in the the jackal because the player who has been tackled is placing the ball has to place it and release it immediately. Mm-hmm. The guy going to jackal has to um, go for it immediately, but if they're both doing it immediately, the jackal would always take the ball. Yeah, but the guy doesn't release it immediately. Yeah. So there's always this little bit, and it's never quite refereed according to the well, laws. Yeah, so that's when you got to do sneaky little things like go into contact and roll around on the floor. I mean, yeah. that's the, an that's extra rule. Yeah, I, commando I'm, rule. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to imagine what a, a maverick like Brendan Doctor Venter might do, um, <laughs> do when, know, he, when he's consulting. I'm thinking what he might do is right. Let's not take a tackle. Just get close to each other, fall on the floor, and fo- form a former ruck. Just two of us, and then. Opposition's players are and then, offside, and then they have to, and then they're all, and then they have oh. to, they have to move backwards and get behind the yeah. offside line. Yeah. They're yeah. offside, or if you can fire a pass into them straight away, you win a penalty. Yeah, so you can voluntarily make your own rooks. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can form your own rooks. Although it, the definition does say a tackled player, so it's not a player on the uh, ground. Okay, it is a, t- it is officially so a tackled slide, player. You can't slide and. Uh, so as long as there's been some contact with the opposition, right. then you become a tackled voluntary player. player? Yeah. Yeah. Broughton Park used to have the most ridiculous move. 
And I think they're still doing it now. They're, they're lots of the most ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, <moves>. But this <laughs> one like really topped off. It was called Waterball. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh my God. What, it was, the, what was this one about? It, I don't know what, why like, water as well. Yeah, you had to seek out a voluntary tackle, right? Kind of make, and this was allegedly speed up. So say if you were um, on the extremity of a pitch, like within five metres of the touchline. Yeah. They would call a water ball where someone would pick up the ball flat or maybe three yards back. Okay, so the pass would go out to a runner like three yards or flat. Okay, stationary, you then take the tackle, go down immediately, a vo- voluntary record form, or yeah. almost two You make, you make no in. attempt to make even one yard or any, any yards, you just fall down, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you actually do. I, 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 you couldn't make it up. And then uh, someone comes and, spin, and, and spins, it, spins it wide, allegedly to speed up the, the game. I mean, you could argue, <laughs> couldn't you, that after a ruck has been won, you've then wasted another three players. <laughs> going, for what? And you've not, you've not sucked in any of the oppositions because they don't have to make a tackle. Yeah. Or you've made a passive hit and given them a really good chance to try and uh, nick it. Exactly. Anyway, that's... Uh... Anyway, well done, World Rugby. More common sense overall. Yeah. It, feels, it feels positive change. It feels like it's simplifying things. And that does feel like the... Uh, kind of all the changes from World Rugby recently, they have generally been, been positively received. Um, and all, it is important to say, as long as they're refereed sensibly, then they will be a success. Yeah, I think you're right there. It hints at, a, a, more generally, it hints at an understanding of people in world rugby. And I don't know whether this is Augustine Peashot or Bill Bowman or someone else or a group of other people that are trying to understand that to spread rugby wider, it's got to... They've got to get rid of the knock-on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you've got to get... You would make it safer. You'd make it more flowing. It'd be brilliant. It'd be a great, great sport. One step at a time. Hmm. One step at a time. But they, 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 I think they genuinely understand. I think they seem to really understand. It's got to be simplified, made access more accessible, and more logical where possible. So that's good. Uh, just sorry before we carry on. Mention yeah. Brendan Venter. Um, who did I have on Ruby Dungeon last week? Uh, Nick Kennedy. And Do you, I, did you know about Nick Kennedy? His mum's an author. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it. What? I can't believe it. Yeah, true. Wow. True story. That was your fact. <laughs> yeah. I, told, I told it to his face in Chicago. He's, he's, when, he's baffled. When, when you said that to him. Hi, Nick. Your mum's an author. Yeah. He, w- he was like, huh? Yeah, she is. How did you know that? <laughs> uh, good old rugby club on Sky. Um, yeah, Brent Venter. Four jobs. What are they? Uh, uh, but is what is this like Steve Diamond? One of them's pot washer? No, no, no. no. <laughs> so he'll be a consultant. Yeah. So he's obviously got three rugby jobs and one other. So yeah, London Irish consultant. Yeah. Italy consultant. Italy yeah. consultant. South Africa defence consultant. Yeah. Or defence and exit. Patterns, and one of the franchises in South Africa. Well, that's, nope. that's th- so. That's three rugby, and then one is a non-rugby. Yeah. He he's a doctor. Isn't he's he? still a full-time doctor. What? Full, yeah. he, can't, he can't be full time. He can't right? be full time. He's a hero. But just like a practicing, yeah. I mean, I mean, a practicing doctor still. I mean, that's that's no mean feat. No. Imagine, no. imagine Doctor Venter giving you really bad news. That cold <laughs> stare. No, no emotion or humanity at all. I imagine. You're too weak to survive. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't mean to bring that. That's I was going right. to try and try and interview him, but when would he have time? Yeah, you're going to be struggling. Yeah. Unless you can kind of book an appointment with him. Yeah, I bet, I bet you could for what is it about these... 2023 or something. Yeah. yeah. What is it about these South Africans? Because it was Yanni De Beer was, you know, uh, was a South African international rugby player and also volunteering as a doctor 
working no, with eight victims. No, it wasn't Yanni Dubé. It was Yanni Duplessis. Yanni Duplessis. Du- du- sorry, it was. And it was a Yanni. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those South Africans, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I mean, just it's some heroes, those guys. Yeah. I bet he knocks up a mean barbecue as well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right, on to our well, first club. Well, we haven't got, really got a proper name for this. We need to have club close-up. I don't know. That's, that's cool. you go. close our, enough for me. I mean, close sorry, enough to me. as yeah. we've called it all the time, our club close-up. Club close-up. Which today is of London Irish, funnily enough. One of the teams that Dr. Venter is, is consulting with. Michael Garvey, one of the people that's got in touch. The other one is Phil. You've got the name there. Uh, I've got the Michael Garvey one. Uh, Michael Garvey and... Mike Garvey. And there is another. I'll find another. Anyway, I've compiled the information. Uh, it's, it's Joe Riley. So thank you very much to both of you gentlemen. We will put your information and your thoughts up so people can take their time, read it in full. This will be a, a well good with a cup of tea. Just read their thoughts. There. So we've got some really knowledgeable rugby fans, as JB said. So London Irish, just firstly, I'm so glad to be able to t- talk as fully as we want to about London Irish again it just feels right for them like to be in the, the back yeah me too and also the team that they're bringing it feels like the team went down but just a bit stronger and a bit more mature too yeah it's so they have brought a few new players in who will go into and they've kept a few players some of the young guys and some of the more experienced guys as well which I, is quite interesting yeah that was on the obviously we, we we've I've joked in the past calling Bath London Irish West <laughs> probably less you know it's less the case now obviously because London Irish realised what was going on and decided and made an absolutely critical focus keeping hold of their young guys because there's few better production lines in English rugby than, than London Irish what their academy has achieved over the past 10 or whatever 15 mm. years I completely agree pretty amazing Anthony Watson Marlon Yard Jonathan Joseph Corbs Garvey Garvey yeah uh, the Armitage boys oh god yeah uh, there's another one you missed out uh, Tom Homer Jamie Homer. Gibson yeah, yeah, Jamie Gibson. Loads, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's more. There's uh, more as well. Waldock, was, was it? Was he? No, no. Yeah. And so, yeah, they've definitely, like you say, they've sorted that out. So Michael starts by talking about their identity and that a year out in the championship has allowed them to set a style of play, which I, I think they were in a funny place with, the, with Tom Coventry coming in. I think that could have been a really good move. But I think that they put giving him the, the keys to the house straight away as a first job first head first job in charge in a brand new country is a tough gig yeah, yeah. and he could have done with a year under Glenn, De- Glenn Delaney or something yes, like that yes exactly. it, you know, it's only kind of what I see from the outside but when we saw him in person he didn't he didn't seem to have much of a presence about him did he not in the way that some DORs do yeah I, I do I know what you mean there uh, he, and it, it's probably it was a very tough time for him because they were two months from the end of the season. It was very unlikely, even at that stage, that they were going to stay up. So it, he was under a lot of pressure. And he sat next to Sean Maitland, who basically said, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and then he kind of like retracted that immediately. It's disappointing to be here because obviously Scotland are playing, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and he also mentioned that it's good to be here because I'm going to go and have a chat with the Saracens coaches straight after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just up my pay. Yeah. <laughs> So, Michael is at pains to say, do not judge London Irish and their style of play on the final, where they seem to have forgotten how to defend. Actually, London Irish have gone back to quite a forward-dominated, aggressive defence uh, as their as the base of their game. And in Tommy Bell, they have a, they have a kicker who's 85% plus. Yeah, that is really important in the Premiership, actually. Being able to take, particularly 
for most of the season the weather's not great so if you can take a lot of your three pointers makes a big big difference the mall is a, a big weapon so really it's some fundamentals of rugby which is, i like the sound of that as a, as a basis and albeit the championship is nowhere near the standard maybe it was in the past and isn't the standard of the premiership it's still you get a good workout in the forwards mm. yeah no doubt about that definitely There's some wily old campaigners in the in the ch- in the championship yeah and most I'd, i would say that the average pack size in the championship is probably as big as the yeah. average pack size in the Premiership, what they perhaps lack is some of the explosivity. Yeah. So, coaching staff, you've got Nick Kennedy, good young coach, inexperienced, but you've got Doc Venter, as we mentioned, helping him out. and he, He's good at creating a winning culture that people buy into. Um, and all, uh, there seems to be a sense that, that they very much know the, the size of the, of the task and that they're ready for it. It's not going to be rabbit in the headlights, hmm. uh, Michael believes. Uh, in terms of the signings, players in, Quite a lot of experience has come in. Petrus Duplessis, Gordon Reid, yep. um, a couple of names in the in the front row, but there's Nalanga in the backs, Luke McLean, Ben Meehan, Lasha Lamidza, Georgian player. Jake He's Schatz. the number eight, isn't he, the Georgian player? Yes. Jake a... Schatz, who would make a, 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 <laughs> a 15 of some kind, a theme 15 of some kind. <laughs> Fili Paolo, uh, Saya Fainga, Manasa Saulo. So there's a lot of players who... You kind of know the names of. They're jobbing players. They're solid players. They're not going to be called up for international rugby generally. You're going to yep. get a full season out of them. They're pretty decent, competent. They've got plenty of experience under their belt. Um, players that they've lost, when you look at the list of players they've lost, there's no, no one really you think that's a, that's a big loss. And as we've said already, they've kept a lot of their youngsters. Mm. Yeah, the other thing as well is, this sounds naff, feels very Irishy. So the guys like Nick Kennedy being promoted to director of rugby it's a good move because he's London Irish pretty much through and through. Uh, Brendan Venter being like the overseer, good it, move. And then the coaches are Hodgson, I think, and someone else who I've forgotten. But again, spent the majority of his career at London Irish. Yeah, so that's positive. Yeah, so you know, as much as we hate to talk about culture, that's kind of how you do it. You know, <laughs> you keep your young guys, and then your old guys you promote to senior positions. So some negatives, a few positions to look out for. Centre. Um, they've got a Saley Tikaratuma who can cover 13. They've got Fergus Mulcrone. He, they reckon he's a bit of an unsung hero of the background. Yeah. Of the, back, of, the, of the back line. Does a lot of defensive Leads work. the defence like uh, Brad Barrett. Uh, Johnny Williams can be a real Prem quality player. There's been a few bad injuries, but a bit of an issue there possibly with the depth. Um, Locke, a little bit of an issue with depth potentially. Mm. Uh, yeah. I wonder how they're going to balance out all these back three players. I mean, they've got three wingers who are just absolute dynamite. I don't, I don't know who's going to play fullback for him. Will it be Bell, or will Bell go go to ten? Um, no, Bell will be playing fullback. I would have thought, and it'll be James Marsh, James Marshall, the Kiwi who yep. was there last year uh, with Brophy Clues as the His backup, p- kind of potential. So backup then you've got to, game time. to pick between Joe. Him, Big Joe, for G and Joe, G and Joe, well, the Lewington, who is electric, yeah, and then uh, you've got um, what's his face, the N- new N- guy, Nalaga, N- yeah, who so, is pretty good apparently. So unless he's lost a bit, well, Nalaga and Joe Kokonasanga, I'm probably saying that wrong. They could be the biggest two wingers in the league. How big are they? They're both over 110 kilos. Wow, they're really big then. Six, six, three, and six, four. Uh, 
more than 110 kg. God, that's like George North size, isn't it? it it's, they're massive. They're absolutely enormous. Yeah. And then they've got Lewington, who is just dynamite. Yeah. Naliga, it depends what Naliga turns up. Mm. Kind of Naliga, maybe three or four years ago at Claremont. One of the best wingers in the world. Yes. He seems to have dropped off the radar a little bit since then. Uh, well, I know uh, I know he's been playing for Lyon. I like in terms of the chemistry, they've got one big unit and they've got one rapid little buzzing... Yeah, I wonder if it'll Lewington. be a choice of like one or the other plus Lewington. Yeah. Well, they've got sort of Nalanga, the, the, the old wily head, big lad, and then Joe Cockenasiga coming in as the other big lad, youngster. Yeah. I, I, I can see what they're getting at with the sort of balance, and I think the the pack, I think they need one really good second, one really good lock. With with Frank's pace and Gordon Reed as your front row, that's a premiership front row right there. With Yeah, with um, Duplessis, Petrus. With Petrus, Duplessis. It's a good exercise, right, to build your, your, your first 15. And then have a look at what your second fifteen looks like, because for the majority of the season, you'll probably have a second fifteen in 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 there. Oh yeah, you'll kind of have sixty forty between the two of them for most of the season because of injuries. Yeah, and and I think um I, I think when you look at London Irish's team last time they were in the Premiership, I think the team is better. Yeah, considerably better. Uh, yeah, I I tend to agree with that. The question for me, as you raised before, though, centres and potentially number ten. So. James Marshall, not a huge amount of experience, and Theo Brophy Clues, the same. And if you remember three years ago, four years ago, when London Welsh came up the second time, yes, and we were talking about the experience that they had, uh, fly half centres, Tom May. No, no, no. Can I just say, I never bought this for one second. <laughs> I was very clear on All this. All right, everyone was talking. So there was a lot of people... Perhaps us included. No, nope, definitely not me. The, these old heads in the centre so, fly no, half. There was, a, there was a round table that the time was put together with different directors of rugby. And Justin... Is it Justin Burnell? John Burnell. London Welsh. London Welsh. Justin Burnell. Justin, was, yeah. And he was there. And someone on the table. And it's obviously like, you know, a bit of uh, you know, false flattery. It was like, oh, you wouldn't want to play against... Piri Whippu, Ollie Barkley, Tim Molnar, and Johnny May. I was like, uh, Tom no, May. I would want to play against those boys. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't pick a back line that I'd want my team to play against more than that back line. <laughs> well, this, I just worry that this has that kind of feeling. Not that the fact that they're old and outdated, but that core of the team, the decision-making core of the team, there are question marks there for me. Well, yes. Yeah, so the big difference is London Irish have kept their team together. Whereas London Welsh absolutely gutted their team. They were irresponsible. Uh, they they were just reckless. You know, the guys that won in promotion, they fired them all. So that, to me, is a big difference. Uh, London Welsh, sorry, London Irish will be a far, far superior unit to anything London Welsh uh, uh, put out, even with their first 15. I, I agree with that. I agree they'll be superior. Still going to be a very, very tough ask. It's such a tough league. It is, because who is the next worst team? Worcester maybe Newcastle maybe hey, Sale maybe Sale, Sale, Sale right Sale. so I was at Sale this this Friday I'll talk about that later thank you uh, at one of their events and they are openly talking about top four in the Premiership this year oh, they, they always will when do. you say openly do you mean this do you mean actually privately over a beer nope. off the record no nope. on the record but to they... BBC Steve Diamond said top four wow so and I wouldn't expect anything less from Steve Diamond. I think I think top six is definitely a possibility, and they've signed 
as well as anyone. Oh, it's but, well, you, you, now you're being more realistic because last year they were saying top six and you were going sale top four. Yeah. And now they're saying top four, you're saying top six. And I'm I'm saying maybe top ten. Uh, anyway, this is a London Irish yes, preview. London Irish. You've hijacked it again. <laughs> again, come on. <laughs> so, where genuinely, where do we see London Irish finishing this year? I don't think they'll get hammered by anyone in in, in the way that some teams that have come up have yeah. done. Because I think they again. You look at that front row. That's a really gnarly looking front row. Yeah. David Pace is one of my favourite rugby players. In, you in, love David Pace, history. don't you? you? I love him. He's hard as nails, and he's. Do you remember when he got in a fight with Jim Hamilton? Oh, uh, I don't no. think he came off well. <laughs> he's a he's he's he's. I love the guy. I, I is love Jim the way Hamilton he maybe the second row that they needed? He, well, he was due to he was due to be there. Yeah. Oh well. Um, okay, so I th- so I think they have got a chance of surviving, but I think they will be in the bottom two. <sighs> the problem is not that they're not good. It's that who is the other team that will go down? And you mentioned Worcester, and they are just full of explosive players. Full of them. Including um, Peter Stringer now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which we'll talk about that, la- that, that later. I mean, there isn't a Bristol, there isn't a Rotherham, there isn't anyone who you can kind of reliably think they're going to go down. Yeah. I, just I wouldn't be surprised me, though, if a big team goes down, down this year. Kind of like when Northampton or Quinns went down 10, yeah. 10 12 years ago. That's exactly what I think might happen. Mm. But, um, you know, just looking at the nuts and bolts of it, they, to me, look like the weakest team in the Premiership. Potentially. It'd be interesting to see when we get there, but it's going to be tough. One immense, like, a kind of potentially top top eight. Who is the immense second row who do you, th- who you think is gettable? You'd be, you'd be looking. You'd have to go south, 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 uh, south Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, you would. You'd have to go for, it, and you're probably going for someone who's a little bit more experienced, uh, maybe early, early 30s. Um, I think of someone who would buy. You just could just pick up. There's not many of those guys around, or you know, presumably they'd be signed. Yeah. Because if you're in Southern Hemisphere still, and you're really good, the chances are you're in Southern Hemisphere because you. Um, you're playing international yeah. rugby, or you, yeah. Like maybe a Jay, those... maybe someone like a Jason Eaton from France. Hmm. That'd be a good shout. Hmm. Anyway, so thank you very much, Michael. Thank you very much. We'll put the we'll put those on the Facebook page, uh, and I think yeah, it's just great to have London Irish back. Yeah. Um, when are they moving to Brentford? Actually, that's something I don't know. I don't know. They're, I know that I know the plans are they're going to Brentford. I don't are know they? if that's from this season. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, club announced on fifteenth of August sixteen their intention to return to London. They're in formal discussions with. Uh, Brentford FC's new stadium. Uh, Where is Brentford? From its opening season. So on February 17, the club confirmed that they will be using the new stadium from its opening season, whenever that is. Um, where is Brentford? West London. You know the, do you know where you go in on the M4? Nope. And then there's the fly... Well, if you come in from the west... Yeah. Where, you know, when... When, when, when London Irish players who've gone to Bath want to come home to London (laughs) (laughs) they drive up the M4 from the west and there's a flyover section and I I think you drive over Brentford so work started on the new stadium in March 17 so it doesn't have a completion date on here Griffin Park uh, thought to be 20,000 seat capacity stadium uh, August 2019 so next season sounds good Uh, two seasons off I'll just have to fill August out. 2019. Two, oh, yeah. Another two years so off. So they'll just have to fill out the uh, Medeski over and over again. For two years. For two years. 
Yeah. <laughs> so long-term plans are looking good for Irish. They just need to step up, and we'll see. Uh, so we've got we've had lots of people getting in touch with with other clubs, but that shouldn't deter you. So if you uh, want to preview your club, then get in touch. Email us contacteggchasers at gmail dot com. Shall we talk about Lee Halfpenny? Oh yeah. Right. So. Lee Halfpenny, one of the world's most expensive rugby players, doesn't have a club. And we'll tell you all about it once Tim has told you about Cornerstone. <laughs> well, the only thing standing between Lee Halfpenny and a multi-million pound new rugby contract from any club of his choice is a clean-shaven chin. People don't want the um, head guard, bum fluff beard combo. <laughs> no, no, they don't. If you want to shave with the best razor on the market, in our opinion, and also of the razors tested in a Shot Well for Less BBC documentary, Cornerstone came out on top. It's German precision engineered. And do you know what? We wang on about this all the time, right? Take take our word for it. Believe us. But I'll tell you what. Put four quid on the line. Yeah. Four quid, that's it. You don't believe... You spend that four quid and you don't think it's worth every penny and some then you can just, uh, well, you can vote with your feet and your ears and not listen. That's how confident we are that you're going to no, st- no, no, no. stick with us. Still listen. Still listen. <laughs> <laughs> Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. Oh, so, sorry, you get half a dozen wonderful razors. You get a, f- a free aluminium German precision engineered shaft. I think there's different styles of shaft you can get now as well. There is a new shaft. There's a new shaft. So I'm, I'm about to unsheath my new shaft Ooh. this week. I've not done it yet. Can I watch when you do that? <laughs> so it's, well, it's a private thing, to be honest, Tim, between a man and his shaft. What have, what have you uh, engraved on it this time? Uh, I've got egg on it again. You've got again. egg on it again. Egg, nice. Yeah. You, can, you can engrave it with your initials or whatever. What have you got yeah. engraved on yours, JB? JB. Other, <laughs> other initials are available. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what you just get that four quid, your free raise, uh, your free shaft, your six razors, and get pick up whatever else you want as well. Uh, Get it in a beautiful presentation box. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg ten at checkout. Lee Halfpenny shave. Talking <laughs> of Lee Halfpenny, no club. Why is this, boys? So, where I am, Toulon were paying him a lot of money. A so, lot of money. 600,000 either pounds or euros, although they're virtually the same thing at the moment anyway. They are. Um, and. They have chosen not to extend his contract. They and have. So, it's a very interesting decision. So, I don't think Lee Halfpenny is worth £600,000. And certainly, if he's not in France, I don't think there's anyone willing to pay £600,000 a year for him. Looking at premiership clubs, I can't see anyone paying anywhere near that. Maybe, no, I can't either. Really maybe, maybe 400000 No, no chance. Well, yeah... I think that's that's not unrealistic. Do you really think? I mean, he's got well, a world-class skill set in at certain things. Yeah. But to be fair, he's sl- he's only slightly faster than your average Asda employee now. <laughs> I mean, well, he's not an attacking threat. And the other thing as well is, what does it say about your team when you sign Lee Halfpenny? It doesn't say we're out to play free-flowing, expansive rugby. It's we are defensive. He's going to you know settle down, catch and kick. Yep. So, you know, what, well, it's a, well, it's well, a very valuable skill set. But, it, yeah, incredibly so, valuable. But does- Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Does it sell tickets? I mean, if, would you relaunch your, would you launch your team's kit with Lee Halfpenny? Probably not, because he doesn't excite people. Now, he might be an amazing player. He might be a world-class international, but... I don't think I would describe him as a world-class international. He is, a, he is at least a, an international. An international. It, well, you know, it's peak. What do you reckon he was? Like uh, top, peak, yeah. Like top yeah. three full-backs? Yeah, 20, yeah. 20, 2013. He, yeah. And he's only, what is he, 28 now? Yeah. It's something like that, yeah. So, you know, depending on what you want, want him to do. But, you yeah. talk so about that, but the, later, the latest story to have emerged today is that Wasps have announced, yes, we were interested. Yes, we were trying to sign him. We've given up now because... He couldn't make a decision. He was too indecisive. So we're looking. I guess elsewhere. he's holding out, isn't he? I guess for well, him, the worry know. is yeah. he doesn't get that Welsh spot. So it's we've we've got to consider Gatland's law in all of this, mm-hmm. which is if he's not playing in Wales. So if he goes back to Wales, Gatland's law doesn't apply. If he goes to a club somewhere else, and the WRU don't make him an offer, a market rate, a market rate. This offer, is an incredible. Um, this is an incredible idea that the WRU have come up with. It's just preposterous, isn't it? So if they don't make him a market rate offer, then Gatlin's Law doesn't apply. But if if uh, they do make him what they deem to be a market rate offer, not what the actual yeah. market is willing to pay him, what they deem to be a market rate offer, and he doesn't take it, and he goes elsewhere, and there are also three other people who Gatlin wants to select who are, are in the same boat, he could perhaps not get selected it's, in the Wales squad. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> surely, but it, surely the market offer is, Wasp have just offered me 600,000. That's, that, that's the market. Yeah. That is the market, right? That is exactly how markets no. work. Dyer no. Young said, Dyer Young said, um, indecision is the reason why he finds himself, um, well, no, sorry. Uh, so Dyer Young said, we were keen to get Lee on board. We tried over a period of months, but we found it very hard to get a decision out of him. In the end, we couldn't get one, so we moved on. Now, mm. the other way to look at the Lee Halfpenny thing, just about Styles' player here, I've just said he's very defensive, and he is very defensive, but again, it depends how, how you use him. Um, a lot of people used to speak about him in the Welsh team as being so good positionally, it allows you to be more attacking with everyone else. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I guess I could take that back and say you could use him in an attacking manner, but if you take him into a defensive team and he's a defensive player, he's going to... Excite nobody. Yeah. Northampton, go, he would not excite anyone. You go more defensive, yeah. Yeah, don't go to Northampton. Yeah. So where's he going to go? Oh, ha- hang on. London and, Irish would be... Would, I think that would be good. Well, you, it would be... So at the moment, they've got a kicking fullback in 
Tommy Bell. Yeah, who they like. Who they do like. But Tommy Bell doesn't have the, the experience of someone like Lee Halfpenny. Mm. Um, so it might be a bit of an upgrade. It's an expensive upgrade, mm-hmm. but it might be a bit of an upgrade. Wasps doesn't seem to make sense because they've got um, Willie LaRue and they've got Rob Miller, both as fullbacks. They do, don't Newcastle? they? Newcastle? Uh, yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle could right. work. I can't think who would... I mean, Hammersley plays fullback at the moment. Lord Hammer of Hammershire. If uh, he, if the he... kicker is the 10, what's his face? Oh, brain fart. Well, they, they've brought uh, in... Hodgson. Well, they've no, brought... Well... They've got... So, kicking last season, they had Takalua kicking a little bit. Oh, they did, yeah. 40-odd but, points in fantasy, thank you. But, obviously, Newcastle have brought in Toby Flood, who you'd assume is going to yes. be doing their kicking. And would Toby Flood play 10? As well? Anyway, this isn't about Toby Flood. We'll come come back to him. This is about... Um, yes. Lee, Lee, Lee so, Harping. Newcastle, yeah, there'd be possibility. Possibility. There. So, here's the other thing I don't get, right? The Welsh team saying we can't afford his wages. Well, you don't afford his wages, do you? It, it isn't set in stone. Lee Harpenny deserves six hundred thousand for the rest of his life. You make him an offer, and he either accepts it or he doesn't. I think it's clear the fact that no one snapped him up. Lee Harpenny is currently not worth six hundred thousand pounds. Exactly to anyone other than Toulon, and it's not even to Toulon because they let him go. Yeah, so he's definitely not worth six hundred thousand uh, pounds. If that's the money he's on, uh, but the idea that oh yeah we just can't afford his wages is, is a nonsense. You offer him what you can offer him. And then you move on. And then he makes a decision. Yeah, you, you don't say, oh, well, well... doesn't make a decision. Or, yeah. Well, he's only got, what, four more weeks until yeah. pre-season start... Um, it's worrying. Pre-season games start ha- happening. So I he mean, has I, to find a club soon. I wonder if there's, like... I wonder if there's some clubs that are actually just holding out for a bit of a bargain. I Potentially, would. yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 w- I would not go for Lee Halfpenny for £600,000. If I could get him for, say, £300,000... I don't think I'd pay £300,000. Would, would you not? No, I don't think I would. What does £300,000 get you these days? It's probably not a huge amount of rugby player, in all honesty. Certainly not. Val, Val Ruskin, for example. Less less than. All right, you so can't even get him for that. So you can get a, non, <laughs> you a non-international player. Okay, there you go. A, a good, promising, solid non-international. Loose you may drop. have to pay £300,000 for it. So bringing yeah. this down a bit, okay. Lee Hoffman's second game isn't great, but some of his defensive skills or undoubtedly, I think, some of the best in the world. Positioning, and, and, yeah. under the high ball, that kind of thing. And he's kicking. And his kicking is also world-class. World class. So, which premiership team would he fit? Well, so, Bath have used a kicking fullback at times yeah. because they had Tom Hober playing there for a lot of last season. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Freddie Burns, who will be their starting 10, probably isn't the most reliable. So, it could work for Bath. That. And it's not, he's not too far from home. I could see that. Mm-hmm. So Freddie Burns would give us kicking responsibilities to Williams, who obviously isn't with him anymore Yeah. when they played together, which is also interesting because at Leicester, it was Williams who was the key kicker and the long-range well, guy. Well, no, Freddie Burns actually... No, that's not true. Is it not? No, not so much. They both did pretty, that's pretty the, 50-50. Certainly the long-range ones always long came range, on, yeah. on to Williams. Williams had additional range. So... Thing like that, I mean, Bath apparently are the most are the leaders now to sign him. That sort of heard, but actually, I think Leicester sounds like a good a good landing spot. Leicester won't, wouldn't be because so George Ford is can be a good kicker, can also be a very bad kicker. Mm-hmm. Not there all the time, but Woodley Halfpenny missed the same periods of time that George Ford would miss. But not if Gatland's law kicks in, and not if uh, Gatland didn't select him over Liam Williams at fullback. Yep. Which I think after the Lions tour, he will. He will select Liam Williams or he will select Halfpenny? He will select Halfpenny. Do you? Yeah, because that third test was 
a tough one for Liam Williams. It was. A real tough one. I don't think Harpenny makes those same mistakes. Hmm. So, what Leicester really want is their fullback to be not as good as Saracen's fullback if they sign him, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got to be a worse fullback than Saracen's fullback. Yeah. Or Saracen's winger, who's a second choice fullback. Yeah, they want to be sending like supplements in the post to Liam Williams, <laughs> really, really <laughs> geeing him up. Um, <laughs> There's no one else really who who he fits with. Well, Northampton he could go to, I guess. I, I imagine mm. he probably wanted to go back to Wales. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I think he wants to go, go back to Wales. Yeah. God knows why. So other transfers. Peter Stringer to Worcester. Good signing. Well done. Not Guys a bad got sign. plenty left. He's going to keep going, isn't he? Of course. Yeah. And, and so he should. Yeah. Absolute machine. Legend. Like, has Peter Stringer ever been a threat around the around the fringes of rocks? Not particularly. Who would have thought you were going to have playing in a Premiership game probably this season, in a Premiership game, in 2017 or maybe in 2018, Donnacro Callahan and Peter Stringer in yeah. the same yeah. side. The two of them, combined age uh, of 80, nearly 80, <laughs> just shy of 80. Yeah. Uh, there was chat, wasn't there, that Stringer, when he left Bath, was going to go to Leinster. There's like cover cover for them for internationals. Oh really? Yeah. No, obviously never ne- happened. Never happened. Still uh, time. Still, I got, think still got do, a few more years in the tank. I think he'll do really well. Other than that, what's going on? Super rugby. Um, well, one Super rugby signing that was announced this week was Fekitoa. So we spoke about this previously, but it was confirmed Fekitoa yeah. to Toulon. Cool. Um, but there were some Super rugby games. There's some very very good Super Rugby games. Some very some surprisingly close Super Rugby games actually. So the the Brumbies hosted the Hurricanes. This was a great game and it was brilliant for a few reasons. One, we mentioned before, JB, you're abolishing the knock-on rule. Yeah. So the Hurricanes found an alternative way to get around the knock-on law. Have you seen the Jordy Barrett try? Yep. Have you seen it, Tim? No. So I've got a little video here. I stole the Super Rugby this weekend. I didn't see any of it. I saw I saw this, but actually, I actually watched most of this game. Put my screen up, except for the end. Describe it as well, because obviously this is little, a podcast. Yeah, little video here. So it is. So Hurricanes. Ka- Kane's rook five yards out. Um, uh, TJ Perinara goes for like a fifteen-yard bullet pass. Let me play that again. All Fif- right. So he goes for a fifteen-yard bullet pl- pass to Bowden Barrett, but loose head prop gets in the way. It ricochets off his head, dinks over the top, and Jordy Barrett and just who, runs and through. Who, yeah, one of the lucky Barrett boys, always they, in the right, right, right place at the right time. They make their own look, those Barrett boys. Yeah, whatever. So there was that. There was also two players returning. So Leo Leofano, after his leukemia issues, came Amazing, back, yeah. came off the bench, and Dane Coles, who's been out for four plus months with concussion issues, came back, came off the bench, and made a brilliant trademark Dane Coles dummy accelerate offload for TJ Perinara try. Nice. So really on, good on to see. On that concussion one, um, Ben Smith is having a sabbatical. Yeah. Is he? He's been told, go away, chill out for a bit. For yeah. how long? Uh, a few months, he's, I think, He's not yeah. going to be playing in the autumn. There again, hang on. Who's he playing for? Highlanders. Highlanders, I mean, their yeah. season's over, They're but out, he's, not, he's not going to be playing in the autumn. So, it's but just yeah, so I, I think he plays one or two of the um, rugby championship games and then finishes, and then he has... Or he's available for perhaps one or two of the rugby championship games, and then he's having some time off. Oh, New, Ze- New Zealand are brilliant at this. So, how he does need a sabbatical, or he doesn't. He's having a sabbatical. He's having, a sabbatical. He's having one. 
Yeah. After he's playing yeah. well, well after he's available. He's available as in I so I don't know They're if brilliant he'll be doing returns New Zealand protocol. are absolutely brilliant at this. Look at McCaw and Carter injured injured in well especially Carter, loads of injuries, loads of injuries. He was right for the World Cup. Yeah. Right when it matters. They know what they're doing. Well they didn't give, they gave Mr. Baskell to uh Perpignan, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> he lasted like Four minutes before Harry Ellis dump tackled him, <laughs> and uh, that was it. it was the most expensive four minutes Perpignan have ever spent. Yeah, it was a Perpignan. Yeah, it was Perpignan. Yeah, yeah. It was. yeah. So the, there was that game, the which the Canes won, uh, fairly comfortably in the end. Then the Saturday fixtures, there was Stormers hosted the Chiefs, and the Chiefs narrowly squeaked it. Um, Lions hosted the Sharks and won by two points with a penalty late on. Um, much much closer game than I was expecting mm. Lions versus the Sharks and the Crusaders beat the Highlanders 17-0 in pretty dreadful conditions so four out of the five New Zealand sides in the quarterfinals Lions again there's the solitary non-New Zealand side and so, yeah the, the three semi the, sorry the four teams in the semi-finals so Lions South Africa host the Canes yeah. in Johannesburg and the Crusaders host the Chiefs so three New Zealand teams one South Africa can I make a prediction it's not a radical prediction we're going to make a prediction for next season I think we're going to see kind of the rebirth of South African rugby I think the South Africans come the autumn are going to be really really dangerous so they they are improving they are aren't they you yeah. see in, the, in the super rugby as well super rugby teams are improving yeah the Stormers have had some good wins it it, it has helped that they are effectively playing in easier conferences mm. it, for the super rugby teams but the international team made some Made some, some strides against France yes, in the so, summer. Yeah, I mean, that's the ob- obvious one. The, the international team's winning. But even the Kiwi teams are starting to fear going over to places like Cape Town. Well, yeah. So, well, certainly the Canes going over to Johannesburg, they won't be fancying that. No. It, that'll be a brilliant game. And it's two teams who want to play attacking rugby as well. And also the Lions own from last season. Yeah. Big time. Big time. So that that'll be great. Come on, Lions! Actually, no, I want Lions <laughs> to lose because obviously Fafter Clerk's on his on his way over to the Premiership, <laughs> as is Gloucester's director of rugby. So yes, Ackerman. For, yeah, so it'd be good for the for the Premiership if they <laughs> uh, if they go out nice and early. It would, it would. So yeah, interesting Super Rugby. Well done, to look to. It, well done for changing it to good for the Premiership rather than good for oh. my team sale. <laughs> 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 Whatever. So, uh, so I'm going to do something which JB doesn't like, but I think you will end up liking it. In fact, I'm going to insist that you get involved in this. So um, you're but all up to speed and bang into Game of Thrones, right? Yes. Yes. And if you Fully haven't watched, if you haven't watched it, and you're one of these weird people that th- that think it's just Harry Potter with boobs, then uh, get with it. <laughs> That's not a bad description. <laughs> but it's a bit more political than but uh, as it's, uh, and strategic. As it's the off season, there's not as much actual on-field rugby to talk about. We then I, I'm proposing a Game of Thrones 15, something we did many many years ago. Yeah, we hated. But, uh, well, I thought <laughs> you hated. Hate it. But we should u- update it. Yeah. There's been new characters. There's new. Um, we'll, we'll try and keep it relatively spoiler free. Are I'm we going to have uh, the rugby equivalent of the character? No, no. I, th- I think you slot Game of Thrones characters into positions oh, on a rugby field. Kill me. Why? <laughs> I'm just mi- I'm just miserable now, aren't I? You are just miserable. Miserable Stephen Jones esque. So I'm so, so I'll put it out there. I'll say the perfect rugby lock combination would be the brothers, the, the, ha- the hounds and the mountain. You've yeah. got you've got your you've got your sort of more lithe, athletic kind of guy, and you've got your just proper meathead. 
Yeah. I'm travelling up to Glasgow on Wednesday to meet, like, loads of the Glasgow Warriors and their coach. I'm reduced to talking about Game of Thrones what? 15. What, you don't think Do you think you're better than this? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if you know, I have a very high opinion of myself. <laughs> yes, okay. Send in your Game of Thrones suggestions. What? Come on. No, I'm going to get fully involved. If we're going to do it, I'll get fully involved. Yeah. Good. Exactly. So buy into it. Yeah. I hate that phrase, buy into it. Commit. Even when you know something's going horribly wrong in your rugby team, and people are just saying, just buy into it. No, it's stupid. <laughs> and I'm going to throw out there, that, that, like, so it took second row there, and the only other one I'll suggest at this point, I'm going to say that who, who would be the ideal 10? I'm saying Littlefinger. Like a tactical yeah. master. Ryan Lamb. He's got very Ryan Lammy, isn't he? <laughs> he is actually quite like Ryan Lammy. Yeah. Uh, Bit of a playboy as well. In, in his day, prior to uh, some tragic... Uh, <laughs> you were you were Murray style incident, uh, Jamie Lannister, because <laughs> he's got the, he's got all the capabilities and he's got some strategic brain as well, mm. and and even in spite of certain things that happened to him, he still has got the tactical nous and some skills. He does, yeah. and uh, <laughs> so he he'd be like the he'd be he'd be like the the fly half that could keep going till he's forty odd. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, all right. Okay, so a few suggestions there. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, e- email us contacteditations at gmail dot com. Get in touch on Facebook, and next week uh, we'll get right into the Game of Thrones hype, and we'll force JB to sit through. In fact, you've that, that's that's the incentive. <laughs> that's the incentive to get involved. <laughs> Just think about the, it'll be fun anyway, and also you'll it'll be really fun. it'll be fun. Make whatever. JB have pain. <laughs> we don't take ourselves all the game too seriously. I tell JB. very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we'll change the name. We'll change the strap line. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Tim and Phil don't take the game on themselves too seriously. JB on the other hand takes himself very seriously. <laughs> right, so now the next club close-up is over to the Pro 14. What, what's the latest? Has anything happened with that this week? It's, it's on. It's happening. It's definitely happening. It's happening, yeah. yeah. They haven't confirmed the conferences. They haven't confirmed. No. They think that the the derby matches are going to be kept. Yeah, so... so all this, two they haven't confirmed what it is yet. They haven't said, will a South African team be able to play in, Super, in uh, the European Cup? Next season, if they finish in the top six, which you assume none of those you assume they would do. But See, I'm kind of warming to the idea now. It's like Australia in the Eurovision Song Contest. Come on, South Africa <laughs> in the Heineken Cup. Yeah, look, it's cha- uh, sorry, European Champions. Okay, Champions so, Cup. so first of all, yes, it's stupid. All right, it is stupid, and I'd prefer it not to happen. But now it is happening, and some more details are getting out. I'm very slowly warming to it, slightly. So the idea is stupid, but the execution might be okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm hoping it is. I think the two conferences is a good idea. How they set up these conferences is going to be weird because, of course, instead of putting, or say, having a Welsh-dominated conference and an Irish-dominated conference, so that you get all those derby matches. Yeah, you get the derbies, but you get a big disparity between the two conferences potentially. Exactly. So they've actually just divided the whole lot into two: so two Irish, two Welsh, one Scottish, one Italian, but one South. Yeah, but um, but if they do that, they need to retain the derbies. So you need to play kind of cross-conference games for the Derby games. Yeah, so the Derbies will go from... Hold on, let me get this right now. So you're going to have four... Uh, four, uh, four in each conference. On your, so that's eight. So you're going to have... And then two outside of conference. Does that make sense? Uh, you'd have so you play potentially four outside conference because you play each team twice. So Lent, so if Leinster and Ulster in one conference, Leinster would play Munster and Connacht home and away. 
So they play four derby games from the opposition conference. So hang on, there's actually two sorts of... If you draw on a grid, it's not like four conferences going on. So you've got, you, you got like two conferences, <laughs> but then within that, it's kind of like a sub-competition of the Welsh teams playing each other. Yeah. The times. You have your vertical conferences and then the, uh, the horizontal, horizontal conferences. conferences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, anyway, so that's none of that's been announced, so we're kind of speculating on where people think it's going to go. So I would just say on that, if, the, if you're going to do it, you've got to keep the integrity of the competition. It should be two games in conference, one game out of conference, then playoffs. And that's it. That's just it. And move on. Okay. Uh, so if they do it like that, I think it might yeah. work. It you might c- you actually could, work. You could actually get it to a position where you retain all the, the derby games. You actually drop a few games out of the season, which, which is never is a bad great. thing Yeah, for player welfare and all that. And it, if it means that you get the best team out for 18 games a season rather than 22 games a season, that is a better product in my eyes. So are you, if you're a Tlethley fan, are you more likely to go and watch Edinburgh or go to Bloemfontein? Uh, probably Edinburgh. Just because it's so much cheaper and easier and you don't have to take two weeks off work. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, again, my only issue is what they're going to do about uh, Champions and Challenge Cup. That's your only issue? Well, no, it's not my own. It's my only issue. No, no, it's my. I don't quite particularly. I don't like the idea overall. I think it's it's a bit desperate, and um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan. Hmm. But fine, if they go with it, then I don't particularly care how they work their fixtures out. But all the more reason if it's a kind of could be a potentially lopsided affair. Like again, imagine if Super Rugby contributed players to the to the Champions Cup. Yeah, the other thing that, that, that would be really odd. Like you'd you'd have um, you'd have teams in a harder conference potentially getting not getting in and some teams getting in. Yeah, and it solves. So what it does do? It allows South African players to kind of get European money and stay in South Africa, which is an interesting. Which concept. is which is a definite definite positive for the international. Uh, yeah, South Africa's international yeah, so team, again, the Springboks. Besides money, what's the what's the benefit? Well, and the other thing money. as well. Part of the contract negotiations, or part of the negotiations to get these teams into the Pro 12, was they've got to strengthen their team. But presume, but presumably, there's no more players left in South Africa. I mean, South African players are all allocated to one of the Super Rugby teams, all these two teams. So they're going to have to start hunting around in in Europe to bring players back. So it could be quite interesting to see what they come up with. On the other hand, you might find this rather re- this rather odd spectacle of someone like Ulster going to South Africa playing with better South Africans than the South African teams have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hmm. We will see. Anyway, uh, the close-up we're having now is looking at the Pro 14 or whatever it will end up being called. The Dragons. Uh, <laughs> now, because Jonathan Spratt's retired, um, I want, do you want you to say Dragons as if you're quite sad? Dragons. How would you sound... How would you sound... <laughs> If you were a Dragons fan saying Dragons, knowing that you just signed Zane Kirchner and Gavin Henson. Dragons! Exactly. <laughs> Dragons! <laughs> what? So that's exactly where we'll start off. Uh, actually, no, we'll start off, do you know where? From the beginning. So thank you very much to Michael Downs who sent this in. Yeah. Yeah, top man, Michael. It's a good, uh, good preview. I've summarised it briefly, but here you go. So, I mean, first of all, fair play for admitting to being... To, being a Dragons fan not many people would do it but they've you dropped, are one they've dropped Newport Gwent now for this season coming haven't they or good they, did oh, they already I, do that if you knew think, what like yeah. the, all of the politics around 
the naming of these. Oh, it's just so boring. Uh, okay, so the Dragons amazingly finished 11th in the Pro 12 behind Treviso, which is their lowest position in in, uh, in the competition ever with only four wins. That is quite remarkable. It is, isn't it? I yeah. didn't think that was. You've got to make a real effort to finish below one of the Italian teams. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, that bottom four is basically the same bottom four every year Edinburgh, Dragons, two Italians. Yeah. So, hopefully, the, the, the South Africans can really stir that up. Um, last one in the Pro 12 coming on the, si- on the 6th of January at home. So, the last one is the 6th of January against Treviso. <laughs> and they also had yeah. a win against uh, NSI, which was nice. Um, so one of the reasons for this were with the injury list uh, Hallam Amos Ashton Ash Hewitt um, and of course Ed Jackson who by the way uh, did you see yeah. the news this week up and walking which he's, is he's, was fantastic he was at a wedding this week yeah which is a great start yeah um, and now the Dragons have been taken over by the WRU and I don't know if that is good or bad or what but they are starting with with a hybrid pitch so if you saw some of the Highlights from last year. I can't remember which game it was, but it was horrific. I remember watching one game what again. I can't it? remember which game it was, but the pitch was, was it awful. Ospreys? Maybe was it one of the it's European maybe Cup it, game as well? Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of the previous year uh, in the Newcastle. European Cup. Yeah, did they have Newcastle down there? Uh, the pitch was awful though. So hybrid pitch again, real plus. So in the past, Dragons have lost players. So I'll give you some of the past players they've lost. Salupe Falatel, Dan, Dan Lediot, Luke, Char- um, Luke Charteris. Uh, this year they haven't had the quality of player to lose, but they've still lost lads. So Jonathan Spratt, I mean, come on. Uh, no, Spratt was Ospreys. Spratt was Ospreys, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick Crosswell, Tom, uh, Tom <laughs> Prady, Prady, Prady yeah. uh, Craig Mitchell. He's gone to Bath. Fancy so it. Craig Mitchell, the former Exeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah former Cardiff prop as well. Garion's Reese Jones has gone to Scarlet's. Darren Harris has been released. So yeah, um, not not many losses, and certainly no notable losses. No, I mean Prodi had 17, 17 caps for Wales. Other than that, uh, hard to really see what the what the problem is. So players in, um, they've not got a lot of money. And uh, do you know what, Lee Halfpenny? If WRU were really serious, they'd stump up the money and send Lee Halfpenny to Dragons. Yeah, that'd be decent. That, yeah. that, that'd be a decent move. Um, interesting, Gavin Henson who we can all agree when he does play is still very good yeah he he was one of the better players in that Bristol I know it's not saying a huge amount but he was certainly one of the better players in that Bristol team and Zane Kirchner who's been at Leinster for a long time and Leinster don't usually sign mugs so depending you know it just depends if that guy has anything left anything left in the tank th- uh, th- and he has 31 Springbok caps he is so, also 33 years old though mm. as a, an outside back Yes. Well, we'll well we will see. Um, the uh, this also points out that there is some good young talent there. Points out Angus O'Brien, Tyler Morgan, Jack Dixon. Isn't that Hallam Amos st- still still there too? Yeah. Yeah, Hallam Amos is still there. Okay. Uh, the club with the WR WRU takeover being approved. There have been changes aplenty across the board. Kingsley Jones has gone, replaced by Bernard Jackman. Does anyone know why Bernard Jackman was re- was released from Grenoble? Uh, only from reading this. Do you know Tim? No. Released from released by Grenoble after a player's revolt due to banning desserts. <laughs> <laughs> only in France. <laughs> he came in on the on the recommendation of Warren Gatlin. The WRU takeover has brought with it uh, investment in a new hybrid pitch, which we spoke about 
before uh, to hopefully prevent Rodney Parade from turning into Rodney like uh, Rodney Lido Lido Lido. Hmm. Um, just going through hopes and predictions. Uh, well, it's going to be tough. I can't see the Dragons doing anything more than higher, higher up in the bottom half of the table. So I'd say seventh is going to be the absolute ceiling. That Yeah, the bottom third of the table. The t- if they're top of the bottom third, that's probably a big positive. So that would put them in uh, ninth position. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's probably reasonable. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to have to be a small but, incremental gain. How much will you get out of Gavin Henson? Pro- probably not much. Uh, but then, that, actually, ninth becomes eleventh uh, in the new league as well. And I wonder, yeah. So if it goes into a seven-team format, third from bottom would be good. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Ollie Griffiths, youngest ever captain. So, um, so he's a back row, isn't he? Yeah. So he's a fairly handy back row. He's who played for Wales in this year's tour against either Samoa or Tonga, I think. No, that's right. I wonder if the Dragons. Uh, yeah, so that is the Dragons. The the Dragons preview. Thanks again, again to Michael Downs. Yeah, top man. Uh, I'm just going to ask this. I wonder if the Dragons are going to be used now to tempt Welsh players back into Wales. Potentially, the only thing I'd say there is, WRU are centrally contracting players at all regions, and we've spoke before about kind of the strength in um, having players who play together internationally playing together at club level so you'd think you'd want to put uh, if you had a talented fly half say you'd want to put him with Dan Bigger yes so you want to group players together Dan Bigger that was one other bit of news where that was I mean we talked about the rumours surrounding him in Northampton at length earlier in the season just gone but uh, the talk is that he will be joining Northampton for next season yeah 2018 so there's also talk that um, Damien McKenzie will join Leicester in 2018 do you not just think they should get their business done a little bit you know sooner than that because you know Damien McKenzie in particular 2018 is so far away so it would be the start of not this season the start of next season he could become a fully fledged all, all black in that time Unless he, it is, uh, he he's going to play Super Rugby. Then he's going to play ITM or Mitre Cup the back end of the year. Yeah, and then he's available well, from the first of January. It happened to Piatau, didn't it? Because Piatau, yeah, would undoubtedly be in the All Blacks. If he hadn't signed for Ulster, he would have been in the All Blacks. He and would have been in the World Cup. And so they sort of said, right, well, you've kind of made your bed. You can't stay here. Yeah. So then you went. Did he go to Japan and then Wasps? No, he went to Wasps. Yeah, just just, just Wasps, wasps then so, and Ulster. So actually, maybe they could get him earlier if New Zealand decide. Well, okay, you've gone for yeah. 2018. You're not going to be used this maybe January this yeah. year. So maybe. Uh, and that Dan Bigger, c- it makes no, makes no sense. I mean, why, I don't know why you would sign a player two years in advance or a year in advance. I say two years because when we started talking about it, it was bloody yeah. six months ago. Because Ospreys, well, maybe Ospreys don't want to let him go. And they've got Sam Davies and they'll go, well, by next year, actually, we're happy to let Dan do a bigger go. Yeah. So we don't want to let him go. So this is some sort of like pre-contract agreement. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Just just on Damien McKenzie, he, he he's such an exciting player and he could be, uh, for Fantasy Rugby Draft, Ooh. he could be a, when he's fully fledged up and running, uh, Nailed on first round pick, 
He's you reckon? He's he's a kicker. So kicker. he's he plays, uh, he plays uh, yes. he plays fifteen and he kicks. So in the stats that um I can't remember the name And he's listed as a midfielder. Yeah he's listed <laughs> uh, li- listed as a f- outside back probably or he could be listed as a midfielder, oh, yeah. Yes, imagine. But he was of the New Zealand squad, he was top meet- top meters made, top bi- defenders beaten, and also one of the top point scorers because he kicks. So fantasy rugby draft, which D-Mac. which does launch again soon for the new season. He he could be if he's announced, could be a, a hell of a, a player to get My hold life of. Is a lot worse without fantasy rugby. Yeah, draft. it feels like a long time since <laughs> it does. It doesn't it? It was so exciting and so uh, like every Friday, one every uh, Thursday fr- and Friday, one p.m. The sh- midday yeah. or midday the stress. One p.m. What were you doing for the for the previous hour? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> the yeah. stress of the, the sh- frantically. Tried to get all of the team sheets available. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need to take in all this information so I can select my team and, and pick up anyone who's on waivers. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah I'd, I've got a little co- uh, cafe in Oldham and I'd take my laptop. Uh, <laughs> I select on my phone and I'd also have my um, my, my iPad. Yeah, before, <laughs> I, before I run out this coffee, how fast is your Wi-Fi here? Yes. <laughs> okay, fine. Not how good your coffee. Exactly. How fast is... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the one I remember being away and the internet just dropping in and out and it, it was... It's the most soul-destroying thing. So, when so it takes it, so long, and the, you wait, the little bars get inching closer to the right-hand side of the screen to load up, and then someone else has nicked the player. Not available. There. Jack Roberts, oh. not available. Oh. So in South Africa, uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the place didn't have Wi-Fi, but I managed to drive to a point where I could get phone <laughs> signal, switched on my phone. So I got char- charged an extortionate amount in All South Africa. updating. So... It, so I switched my I switched my phone on for four uh, minutes to change my fantasy rugby team. It cost me thirty six quid. <laughs> <laughs> nice, worth, worth it. it, worth it. <laughs> Just throw money at the problem. Yeah. You're, you're the Bruce Craig of fantasy rugby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna have a fantasy rugby draft party? Well, there's talk. So Bruce from fantasy rugby draft is talking of having hosting one potentially in London. But not if not if not, if not, we are. Definitely going to do something. We've got the core us. of our core of our league. Are we gonna? Is Emma is is Emma Thurston going to continue to play? We don't need this conversation. Yeah, yeah. but we'll, 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 we'll take we'll, this offline. We will yeah. get. We will be getting very very excited for fantasy rugby as as you should and as as we will. Um, we want you to get very excited about a Game of Thrones fifteen, uh, just for JB's benefit. We want you to tell us about your the your thoughts about your team for the season ahead, and and what else? That's pretty much. Get in touch, yeah. yeah at get in at touch. Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, uh, and we're on Facebook and everything. Keep your eyes and ears there. And uh, if you're lucky, we might post a picture of JB's Gloucester length <laughs> cycling shorts. Cool, aren't they? Are we, are we done, Good gents? Luck. We're done. Uh, yeah, I think we're done. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so coming in future episodes will be information on fantasy rugby. Will be information on a on a US excursion. Hopefully, you've, you're already making plans to be in Philadelphia for the Premiership game in September Saracens against Newcastle um, if you're a listener in America we have loads of those then keep your ears and eyes peeled and we'll have more information soon and other than that thank you for listening nice one JB thank you Timothy top work Philip thank you Timothy let the boys play ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Geeky Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.